This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, we are just over a week away from the 163rd running of the Queen's Plate at Woodbine and trainer Danny Vela joins us on the show today. Danny is the trainer of the Minkster, who was unbeaten going into the plate's trial stakes on July 24th. And although he was favored to win the trial, he disappointed and suffered his first career loss. Danny joins us today to talk about what happened to the highly touted the Minkster last month as he readies for a three-year-old colt for next night's Queen's Plate a race, by the way, that Danny Vela won way back in 1994, with a horse that a lot of people know by the name of Baskin. Shortly, we'll be joined by this two-time Sovereign Award-winning trainer who in his training career has trained the winners of, get this, over $39 million in purse earnings. Also today, friend of the show, Peter Berenger, who is president and a national director of the Canadian Thoroughbred Horse Society, joins us. And on August 31st, the CTHS are holding their annual premier yearling sale at the Woodbine Sales Pavilion beginning at 12 noon. Looking to get into the thoroughbred ownership game? Well, stay tuned as Peter will walk us through this year's premier yearling sale and some of its highlights and how maybe you can get involved in the thoroughbred racing sport and who knows, be racing in the Queen's Plate in a couple years as the CTHS yearling sale sells today's yearlings for tomorrow's champions. In addition, well, friend of the show, Garnet Barnsdale joins us again today. And last Saturday, Garnet was front and center at the Hambletonian and its great undercard. And Garnet will shortly give us his thoughts on some of the performances last Saturday and whether any of them could be considered a prelude to the upcoming fall standard bread racing season, including, of course, the Breeders' Crown at Woodby Mohawk Park in late October. And finally, well, he's back. Coach Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. 
Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio <laughs> magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you the man clearing his throat, my co-host, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Fine, thank you. Fine, thank you. Now, here it is, horse racing fans, the 163rd running in the Queen's Plate, a purse of $1 million, launching the Canadian Triple Crown for 2022, Sunday, August 21st at Woodbine, then the Prince of Wales, Tuesday, September the 13th at Fort Erie, and then the Breeders' Stakes for Sunday, October 2nd at Woodbine to complete the Triple Crown. I know a lot of people questioning why the later date, but I think in a lot of ways I enjoy this August, September, October trifecta. I think it's better, and I, like we've had Jim Lawson on the show a few times talking about it and other people, and, and basically I think the horsemen like it because there's a lot more time to get a horse ready for a mile and a quarter race where before you were expecting like the season starting in April here at Woodbine especially, and horses, you know, trying to get ready for a mile and a quarter race in the middle of June was was getting very difficult. They, they weren't getting th- th- that extra race races that they needed to get that uh, bottom into them. Right? And it makes so, a difference. And it does. And I think they went with it last year and they had a good sized field. Uh, people, or they had the, like the plate trial and the Marine and all the other stakes races. And, and that's what they've had this year as prep races for the plate. And, you know, we're, we're probably going to have about 11, 12 horses in the, in, according to, uh, you know, the press releases coming out of Woodbine right now. It is an impressive feel. We have the draw coming up on Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, whether it's Todd Pletcher or Mark Cassie, Josie Carroll, or Kevin Attard, you have the who's who of trainers and horse racing in this country with some really solid horses to choose from. And I think there's uh, one interesting note is uh, uh, the the horse by my racehorse. Uh, is it Duke of Love or God of Love? Uh, A Duke of Love. Duke of Love. Yes. He's owned by uh, the group of Michael Barron's, friend of the show, Michael Barron's, who oh, yeah. we had on uh, last, uh, I think it was last December. Trained by Josie Carroll. Trained by Josie Carroll. And this is their first uh, dip in the uh, Canadian waters, you could say. And uh, this horse has uh, raced well in his uh, short career. And, uh, you know, it, it'll possibly take MyRacehorse.com to a different level here up in Canada shortly. I, and in for a lot of ways, we have talked about this uh, quite a bit, Larry. The idea that one person can handle the financial strain and stress of owning and training and feeding and caring for a thoroughbred is difficult. But if you can get a group of 10, 12, 20 people together and share the cost, this could be the future of thoroughbred ownership in the country. Well, exactly, because the costs keep going up and the cost to keep a horse going keeps going up. Sure, the purses are going up too and the money's good. But uh, I think it's it's the old thing where you don't want to uh, spread yourself too thin by putting all your eggs in one basket. And, you know, you can go in and, and buy yourself a, a piece of uh, uh, two or three yearlings, and then you've got three shots of getting to the races. And, you know, it just kind of makes more sense. Uh, uh, and it gets more people involved, and then they get people involved, and that's how you build the industry because that's 
that's one of the things that the industry is is needing is some fresh blood and, and a younger demographic to to come into this uh, into this sport. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Ron Doerr, the winner of the Marine Stakes, the Grade Three Marine Stakes, mm-hmm. uh, likely one of the eleven starters. Uh, boy, oh boy! I mean, I'm going to be really interested to see the morning line on Wednesday when they post the first line and the odds on some of these horses when they announce the field. Well, I think post positions are going to play a big part mm-hmm. too. If, mm-hmm. if it's going to be a larger field. Uh, you know, you, you probably, you know, you want to have, uh, some, uh, a, a spot, you know, I don't know whether you want to be on the rail, but, uh, you, you know, everybody said you didn't want to be on the rail last year and safe conduct won the race from, from the rails. And that was because he had got a, a good ride from Erad Ortiz, I think. But, you know, I think, uh, you probably don't want to be on the extreme outside, but then again, you know, who knows? <laughs> Anything can happen in this game. I'm looking ahead to the race, Larry, and I'm thinking about the brand-new Stella Artois Terrace they have at Woodbine and a weather predicted to be in the mid to high 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it would seem to me like a perfect Sunday, and it, it should be a good crowd at Woodbine. Maybe we should put our name in. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll invite us back. I, well, no, 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 time out. Don't go too far about inviting us back. We may have to crash it, but uh, it's setting up for a, a good triple crown. Uh, they, some of the handles this year we've seen all around, especially Woodbine, have been solid, and I don't see why the Queen's Plate Day wouldn't be any different. And it's on both sides. Like, yeah. look, at, look at the handles at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, look at the handles at the, the Meadowlands last week for Hamilton oh, Day. Oh, it was off the yeah. charts. Yeah, I think people are realizing that racing is back now, and uh, COVID is in the uh, rearview mirror. And, uh, yeah, it's it's starting to build that momentum, and now we're getting into the uh, the part of the season, you could say, especially here at Woodbine. And, uh, you know, you've got some big races coming up on, uh, you've got the Travers coming up at uh, Saratoga in a couple of weeks. And then, you know, a few races, Kentucky Downs has got their meet in, in September, you know, which is basically all stakes races. And then, you know, very shortly, you've got the Breeders' uh, I was going to say, next thing you know is the Breeders' yeah, Cup. First, first weekend in November, I believe, is mm-hmm, the Breeders' mm-hmm. Cup. So uh, then that's where a lot of these horses are po- going to be pointing to. So, Well, the 163rd running of the Queen's Plate is just days away, up for grabs a purse of $1 million, and some great horses entered, including uh, some really good ones called the Minkster, and a big part of it is their trainee, trainer, Danny Vella. And he joins us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Danny, how are you? Oh, we're doing great. We're uh, we're getting excited. The big day's coming. And, and that's what Larry and I were going to talk about. I mean, we know that fans and media and everything are excited, but I would imagine for someone that puts in as many hours into the sport as you do, you have the same excitement. Well, it's a build-up type thing. I mean, you know... Uh, we knew last fall that we were hoping to get to this point. Uh, you know, you hope your horse stays healthy and, you know, runs well enough and you accomplish enough to, to get yourself to the Queen's Plate. And it, it seemed to kind of kick in in the last two weeks where you say to yourself, all right, we're there, we're getting there, you know, like uh, touch wood, everything's good and we're, we're going for the big one. You were undefeated going into the plate trial and then the horse kind of uh, threw in a bit of a clunker eh? what uh what was did you attribute that to well we had some trouble with some heat exhaustion after the mm-hmm. race and uh you know uh, these horses it, when it gets very hot that was a very hot day when yeah. it gets very hot some horses don't handle it as well as others 
you know, they get nervous the morning of the race. They don't drink as much water as they should. Uh, you know, we have uh, we have to make sure they get enough electrolytes, just like other athletes. So he 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 suffered a bit from the heat that day. Uh, we we hopefully can counter that with a change in his diet and uh, you know adding some extra electrolytes and stuff like that to him. And uh, we should have no problem countering that. And hopefully, it's not quite as odd day. When you start planning for the Queen's Plate with the Mingster, Danny, are you just worried about you, the horse, and the jockey, or how much do you strategize against other top contending horses in this race? Once the race is drawn, which will be on Wednesday, uh, I think you have to, uh, you know, you have to go over the field and look at the strengths of other horses and the weaknesses. Yes, there's a lot of strategy involved. You know, the the big factor in horse racing is to get to the quarter pole and have a lot of horse laps. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things we look at. You know, what, what kind of pace can we... Uh, can we tolerate and where we're going to be sitting and what are the strengths of the other top contenders and, you know, uh, what's our best chance of, uh, of uh, beating them. So yeah, there's a, there's some strategy involved. Of course, you know, there's so many variables that happen in such a very short period of time. I mean, the Queens plate lasts roughly two minutes and your jock has to make split second decisions and, uh, you know, uh, that kind of thing comes into play quite a bit, but you try to give them a little bit of a, an idea of what your horse wants and what you think will be the best strategy. So we'll talk that over with him, obviously, uh, you know, and you have to have a plan B because things change so quickly in a horse race. But you're no stranger to the dance, uh, Danny. In, in 94, you won with Baskin, right? The, the Queen's Plate. Uh, how did that, how did that feel? And then how would you compare Baskin now to a horse like the Minster? Well, we had the great luck to have Baskin. Yeah, he was a, he was a great horse. Uh, he was more of a come-from-behind horse. He wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't have a high cruising speed. He had a great run, and, uh, you know, we, we win the plate. And I, I would say that, uh, you know, my two previous winners, uh, Straight to Dover being the other one in mm-hmm. 2012, you know, this horse certainly compares to them. Now, you know, you really don't know until you get to that last eighth of a mile. I mean, this is probably the farthest most of these horses will run in their life, a mile and a quarter. You know, they'll probably run in the breeders, some of them, make a mile and a half. And then after that, most of their life, they'll spend going shorter distances. So that extra eighth of a mile, it's, uh, you know, it's a wild card. And, but, you know, my horse is by English Channel. Uh, most of them get uh, all, you know, any distance. So uh, we're excited about that. But, yeah, you never know until you get to that point. But he certainly compares to the other played horses I've had. You, you've obviously, even with the extensive career that you've enjoyed, Danny, you've trained some incredible horses in the last four or five decades. Where does the Mingston rank with some of your great ones? Well, the ones that I've trained myself, he would be right up there in the top of those horses. Uh, you know, I had the great luck of having horses like Touch Gold and even Ghost Sapper when they were young. I didn't race Ghost Sapper, but I broke him and got him ready for uh, for Bobby Frankel. And uh, I had Touch Gold as a two-year-old, and, and then he went on to bigger things in the U.S. But, uh, 
of the horses I've trained myself, uh, he's he's probably as good as any of them. And and we already know how difficult. Like looking forward, uh, how difficult it is to win a, a triple crown, right? Because of the fact that it's three surfaces: the tapita, the uh, the dirt at Fort Erie, and the the turf in the uh, the, the breeders' uh, stakes. But this guy, being by English Channel, he shouldn't have any problem with the surfaces, right? Yeah, you know, he's trained well on the dirt. He certainly handles the turf. We know that. I mean, he'll probably end up making his uh, biggest part of his living on the grass. But, uh, you know, when you're in this business and you're pointing at a race like the Queen's Plate, you kind of have to be single-minded and kind of, you know, put aside anything that's going to come after. You know, there's you have to you have to focus on this one first and kind of worry about the other ones later. I mean, in the back of your mind, you're saying, oh, "Well, I wonder if he runs good. Will we do this? Will we do that?" But first thing you have to do is focus. Uh, you know, be, be very single-minded on one race. You know, you have to start it early in the year and have your horse ready so that if you have a bit of a setback or something like we did in the plate trial that you have enough time to counter for it and get going and get yourself ready again. So, you know, right now, uh, all I think if you were to ask any of the trainers getting ready for the plate, they're, they're focused on this one and, uh, you know, they're hoping for the best for the re- the rest of the year, but, uh, you gotta get this one done. You've done this since the seventies. So what makes a great trainer with your kind of longevity, the great horses or owners like Steve Stavro or Frank Stronach? Well, I learned I learned a long time ago the best way to be a, a very good trainer is to have some very good horses in the barn. I've been very lucky to have people like Stavro and Stronix and, you know, the people I have now. Uh, you know, I've, I've been lucky to deal with quality horses. Uh, it, you know, it makes, makes it easier to go to the barn in the morning, uh, you know, and, and see those, those kind of horses. I mean, uh, you know, Frank Stronach, uh, we were involved with Stronach when he was the, uh, you know, he was the uh, biggest owner and breeder in North America. What, what great luck that is to be around horses like, uh, like you know, Breeders' Cup winners and, and horses like Ghost Zapper. So, uh, we, you know, being around great horses helps a lot. You've been in the business for, well, 50 years approximately, right? And uh, what was it that got you so involved in horse racing what 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 was the attraction you know it's uh, that's hard to nail down i mean when i was very young i read uh you know i read horse books you know so it, it started way back when i i you know started uh reading my i had an uncle that uh you know was a, a farmer and he had the odd race horse and I started going to the races with him when I was fairly young. So I would say that uh, he was kind of the one that pointed me in the direction of racehorses. But uh, I've always had a, you know, a, a, an attraction to horses. Uh, they're an unbelievable animal. Did you have any time with Secretariat at the beginning of your career? Well, I, uh, oddly enough, I actually ran a horse uh, named Fabe Count for Jerry Levine uh, in the uh, International when Secretariat was up here. Uh, it was uh, very, very early. I was very, very young, but uh, I did run a horse in that race. We finished fifth. He was a very nice horse. And uh, yeah, 
It's uh, after seeing a horse like Secretariat and being uh, around him, I still have some win tickets from him. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> from, yeah, from Woodbine, right? It said Big Red on the tickets, yeah. right? And I've got a few articles. And uh, that was a great year of horse racing, too, because uh, we had La Proviant, who was a great Canadian filly at the same time. And uh, I've got lots of articles and stuff from them. But, yeah. He was a great, great horse. There's no doubt about it. So this Wednesday is the post-position draw for the Queen's Plate. Uh, have you got any uh, specific posts that you'd like to see the Minster come out of or one that you wouldn't want to see him come out of? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, I, now, right now, I don't know uh, if you guys have uh, talked to them yet, but they're predicting an 11 or 12 horse mm-hmm. field, which isn't really big. Yeah. So the post position is not quite as important as you, uh, you know, as the as the field size go down. But you'd like to be somewhere between four and eight. Those are the, you know, those are the sought after positions. You know, you have less variables there. If you're down on the inside and you get covered up too much, that's not good. And if you're on the outside, you know, you don't really love that because you have a longer way to go. So. I think if we were to prefer anything, it'd be four, five, six, and that would probably be most trainers would tell you that. Well, it's going to be a fantastic. Oh, sorry, Larry. Did no, you... I was just, I was just going to say, everybody sent, seems to think that the one hole is bad, but did Safe Conduct not win the Queen's Plate last year from the one hole? Yeah, I would say that in this situation, I mean, it's the shortest way around. You can't ever forget that. And yeah. the horses have won from the one hole, and. Uh, but it takes you luck. Know, it, yeah. It, it, there's there's other drawbacks to the one hole besides just uh, you know I mean you're sitting in the gate the longest so right. the horse uh, you know uh, the longer a horse sits in the gate the more nervous they get and uh, you know some of them are patient some of them aren't so if you've got a 18 horse field and you're in the one hole that's a long you're sitting there a long time so you're probably going to not break as well as you would like. So, you know, it's a build up that way, but it is the shortest way around. And my horse has some natural speed. He's going to be, you know, we've been working very hard in the last uh, few weeks to teach him to, you know, follow horses around because obviously in the uh, play trial, he was a little, you know, rank and uh, hopefully he'll uh, settle in behind a few horses, but he's not going to be at the back of the pack. So, with his natural speed, he'll he'll get himself out of, uh, you know, the, the group anyways. Danny Vella, trainer for the Minkster, one of the great trainers in the history of Woodbine. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. All the best in the Queen's Plate. You guys have a great day. You too. When we come back, CTHS President Peter Berger will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. 
Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. On August 31st, the 2022 Canadian Premier Yearling Sale will be held at the Woodbine Sales Pavilion in CTHS president and friend of the show, Peter Berenjo, joins us to talk about the yearling sale and the potential future champions that are up for auction. Peter, as always, welcome to the show. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's uh, it's an exciting time for the sale, October or August 31st, and the importance of the sale. Um, what are some of the highlights of the sale that listeners should know about leading in? We're just a few weeks away. Well, we have 208 horses cataloged. Um, I believe there's 67 individuals, different sires, and many of our leading Ontario sires are in that group. That's fantastic. Now, I guess the key is, Peter, how important is this uh, thoroughbred sale to the thoroughbred industry here in Ontario? Well, it's critical to the breeders. I mean, the breeders raise their horses, and they they depend on sales to, you know, um, sell their livestock so that they can breed again and, and keep improving uh, the stock in Ontario. Obviously, you've seen some great horses go through the sale, Pink Lloyd being one of them. Um, do you get a sense with some of these horses that they have a potential to be great, or is it just the unknown like everybody else? Like, hey, you don't know what you got until they start working them. Well, everybody hopes and everyone believes that there is the great horse, and that's, um, that's what keeps the business going. Indeed. So if, if one of our listeners wanted to get involved uh, and show up to the sale, uh, is would you be able to help them buy a piece of yearling? Is there going to be people there set up, say, you know, with uh, selling shares or uh, putting partnerships together? Sure. Um, you know, if they come to the sale or call the CTHS office, we'll be more than happy to help them and try to steer them in the right direction to assist them for what their needs are, what they want to get into. I mean, it's a learning experience. So you have to understand all the ups and downs and the costs, but Mm -hmm. we'd be more than happy to help anyone that's interested. We encourage it. Over the last couple of years, Peter, how many new owners have come in to the business and to the sport through these sales? Well, there's all these uh, new people coming in. I mean, the last two years have obviously been tough because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, this year, you know, we're hoping for an enhanced buyer base and uh, we've been marketing the sale hard, you know, throughout the United States, throughout Canada, around around Ontario, just trying to let everyone know everything is back in business and going. I mean, there's great opportunity to buy an Ontario bread and, and race for quite a bit of money. And if you if you end up with a good horse, 
there's significant rewards for them. That was actually led me to my next uh, topic. Uh, maybe, Peter, you could explain to our listeners how the Ontario Sire Stakes program works for the uh, the thoroughbreds here in Ontario. So, yeah, so our Ontario Sire Stakes program, there's 18 stakes for just Ontario Sire Stakes. So that's for sires that stand in Ontario. And uh, there are 100,000 each, so that's 1.8 million uh, just for sires that are offspring here in Ontario. You can get more details on their website, cthsont.com, or their Twitter feed, at cthsontario, as it says it pays to breed, buy, and race in Ontario. And that's the big goal of this whole organization, this whole process, is making sure these horses stay in the province and keep the horse racing industry strong. Is, is the message getting through, Peter, to do just that, to keep it in Ontario, to breed, buy, and race in the province? Yeah, I think with the wide variety of uh, programs and incentives we have here in Ontario for Ontario bred, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Even if you buy these horses in other jurisdictions, it makes a lot of sense to bring them back to race in Ontario. Okay. All right. Well, let's... It, it, oh, sorry. It also benefits the breeders because the breeders receive uh, awards for their horses winning here in Ontario. So, you know, breeders would like their horses and to be able to see them and watch them race. So it's, uh, it's critical that the horses come back here to help our horse population. Okay. All right. That's a perfect segue, uh, Peter. You're a breeder, and yeah. next week is the Queen's Plate. How important is it to win the Queen's Plate, and how important is is that to the breeder of the horse to win that Queen's Plate? Well, I mean, it's sort of a goal of Canadians to, to reach that height in the breeding industry. It's like winning a, the Kentucky Derby, obviously, to many Canadians. So um, it's it's the what you breed to do. You're, everyone hopes to breed a Queen's Plate winner and and uh, be able to say that they've done that. Um, for the uninitiated, how much of a stud fee would a horse, a thoroughbred, get for winning the Queen's Plate? How much of a difference is it from just a regular horse? Well, it, it adds significant value. I mean, the Queen's Plate's a million-dollar race, so the winner's going to win 600000 So, I mean, it's significant to be the best three-year-old um, Canadian-bred horse on that day in Toronto, I mean, it's quite a significant achievement. Okay, talk about yourself for a minute, Peter. Uh, how did you get involved into the uh, thoroughbred industry, and what's your role at, with the CTHS? Well, I've been in it all my life, and my, um, you know, my uncle and my cousins and everybody have been in the horse business, so um, I've, this has just been a part of life to me a way of life. And um, right now with the CTHS, we're just out to promote to, you know, it pays to breed, buy, and race in Ontario and try to uh, incentivize and help breeders get through these troubled times. And hopefully we're through the worst of it right now. Well, I mean, you've been in the game a long time, Peter. Horse racing isn't always up. It has its ups and downs, but it finds a way to endure. And programs like this certainly are a big reason why. Yes, I mean that's it's it's a passion and a sport, and but you have to have a love for the game too to be an owner or a participant. I mean that's a big part of this game. You mentioned you got involved basically through family, and that was there a 
maybe a special horse that you, you saw a race and you said, oh, my God, I want to be part of this game? I, I guess you can. Everyone has dreams of going back and watching Secretary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was very young then, but I mean that that's the kind of horse that gets people involved. I got to tell you, I still watch clips of Secretariat of the Belmont on YouTube, and I still get chills, Peter. It, it was unbelievable what that horse could do. Yes, <laughs> Larry. Uh, I guess maybe just uh, for for people that uh, you know, we've kind of piqued their interest and in, and in, in that. Uh, maybe you could just uh, give us kind of like a little prompter of if people are interested in going to the sale and they is there a way that they can, if they don't want to get involved in a partnership. Just as a fan, you mean? Yeah, yeah, they can come to there as a, as a fan, but then they may, you know, get the inkling that they, they want to buy a horse or something like that. Is there a way that they can be put in touch with a trainer and, and if they're interested in just buying a horse on their own and not as part of a partner? Certainly. They can, they can come. There will be lots of trainers there, or if they call our office, uh, even I could assist them to find a trainer that they're looking for. I mean, if they're a, a player in the game or been to the races, they probably have certain trainers they may follow or like, and I would be more than happy to introduce anyone to anyone that they'd like to meet. Okay, and the phone number, Peter, would be? Uh, 416-675-3602. Excellent. Peter, as always, thank you for joining us. Good luck with the sale and good luck the rest of the year. Thank you very much, and, and good day. You too. Hey, after the break, when we come back, friend of the show, Garnet Barnsdale, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? you need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Last Saturday was Hamiltonian Day at the Meadowlands, and friend of the show, Garnet Barnsdale, joins us today. Garnet was front and center at the Meadowlands and witnessed some of the best standard bread participating in the Stakesville Day 
and watched an amazing horse, Cool Papa Bell, cash in a 50 to 1. Garnet, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure. And it's always my pleasure to be here. And, you know, uh, it was so much fun being at Hamiltonian Day again. I'd been there since the Canadian Horse Forbidden Trade won in 2019. So I was uh, very happy to be back. It has been a year of upsets and big stakes races and thoroughbred and standard bread. How did Cool Papa Bell do it? You know, it, it was almost a perfect storm of, of uh, getting a good trip, a really good trip, uh, similar to the, the uh, Derby winner, Rich Strike, this year. And also maybe some of the better horses uh, having an off day, mainly Rebuff, the favorite, who uh, who took the lead on the backstretch, got reasonable fractions, and, uh, you know, just couldn't couldn't stay with it in the stretch. So, um, it, you know, it was a combination of, of trainer Jim Campbell having his horses ready because he also won the Hamiltonian Oaks with Fashion Schooner, who was 6-1. to one. He had a huge day and also, you know, a bit of a, a lucky trip and a great drive by Todd McCarthy. And you had to be impressed with uh, with uh, joviality. Eh? Joviality raced great, and I thought Temporal Hanover did too because he made you know he uh, left to try and make the front. Uh, took a, took a three hole early, and he took all the air in the in the second uh, half. But you know, I got a couple of cool stories about the winner. So, Cool Papa Bell is was a baseball player that played with Satchel Paige in the Negro Leagues, and uh, rumor has it, or or opinion has it, he was the fastest baseball player ever. And the famous quote by the great Satchel Page was, I was rooming with Cool Papa Bell, and when I flicked the light off in the room, he would be in bed before it was dark. I think that's one of the great quotes of all time. And uh, it, unfortunately, Garnet, there's no footage of him as a player because of the, the time back then. But yeah, the legend of him is he was, before all the Ricky Hendersons and all of the great base dealers in baseball, it was cool Papa Bell. So I just like the connection to the Negro Leagues, the history of baseball, and to see him win the Hamiltonian was great. I mean, in the lead-up to it, Garnet, we, we talked not just about the Hamiltonian. It was just a big day for Standard Bread Racing at the Meadowlands. Huge. It's, it's uh, you know, for me, it's the Super Bowl of, of harness racing because almost every race uh, is a big stake race. And, and it was cool to see some of these horses um, – one that I'm really high on is a trotter, Al-Raja 1, uh, from Italy, who won the Cashman Memorial. He's 3-for-3 three three since shipping to North America. And, you know, he just does some things that I see that, that horses aren't supposed to do on the racetrack. I think Al-Raja 1 is, is one of the best trotters I've seen in many years over here. All right, and let's talk about the Golden Boy division, the, the cane pace, and a uh, horse by the name of uh, Beach Glass. Yeah, you know, uh, the front end wasn't, Probably wasn't the place to be most of the day at the Meadowlands for whatever reason. The track was playing a little bit slow. Uh, I thought Beach Glass was really good. He had to fight off basically. His only real challenger was Mad Max Hanover, who was coming into the race off a couple of wins in uh, sub-148 time. So um, he was the second choice. Took a lot of money. He had the lead early. Beach Glass uh, moved on him on the backstretch and then was required to hold him off again late. I thought it was a pretty impressive performance. The time... 149 might not suggest mm -hmm. that necessarily, but like I said, the track was playing slow most of the day. It sped up a little bit at the end, but, you know, very good effort for Beach Glass, and he's really, you know, he's at the top of the division right now. How many of these horses can horse racing fans and standard bred fans expect to see the Breeders' Crown in October at Mohawk? Oh, geez, most of them. Uh, you know, there's another two-year-old filly that won uh, the Shady Daisy Max contract. I'm very high on. I cashed on her at 15 to one. T starts back. Ooh. Um, she kind of got locked in uh, on last Saturday and and fought her way through. It was very courageous to win by a nose. Um, you know, you, you're going to see all of them. Uh, 
we had, we had a we had a little bit of everything, right? Uh, Tim Tietrich won two races from the ten hole. He won with Miss Walner Fashion at twenty one to one, and Todd McCarthy had two wins on the card: one fifty one to one and one fifty two to one. When was the last time you seen a driver do something like that? Well, it's been a big year for drivers, and Larry and I have talked about it. Uh, some of these drivers this year, Garnet, I've put together phenomenal seasons. I, I don't think it's been talked about enough in horse racing in North America. Some of these standard bid drivers and their level of excellence this year. Yeah, you know, you got uh, Dexter Dunn, who obviously, uh, when he got in Bulldog Hanover, um, you know, made terrific speed to the point of uh, breaking the all-time world record. And then you see him on uh, Saturday steering the great Bella Bellini to a win over over uh, arch-rival Atlanta in the Steel Memorial. And Bella Bellini um, is, is having an outstanding year. She won the uh, Hamble Maturity beating the boys. So we might see her in the Yonkers uh, International coming up in a little while. There's... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Dexter Dunn is really uh, having an outstanding year as well. Uh, let's talk about handicapping the Meadowlands compared to Mohawk, uh, Garnet. Uh, do you do anything different with your handicapping? Is there maybe angles that you use at the Meadowlands that you don't use at Mohawk or vice versa? Um, I think drivers are important there because I think they move a little bit more. There's a little bit more movement. And I noticed um, for the first time, this is the first time I've been there in three years, uh, the effect of the staggered starting gate. Um, mm-hmm. The rail used to be a huge advantage at the Meadowlands, and now not so much. Horses can leave out in the middle of the gate similar to the way they do at Mohawk, where the rail isn't necessarily a great post. So, um, you know, you want to you want to look for live horses, maybe they're racing mostly from the middle of the gate. And for the most part, it's uh, it's a speed-favoring track on most days. Similar to you know most harness tracks, uh, you want to be up front because it's just the way the breeds progress. Horses can sprint for a long time, right? So if you uh, if you give up a few lengths at the start, you might never make it up if, unless there's some kind of major battling in, in the middle of the race. So I think you know the, we're in the age of harness racing where you want to pick horses that you know can get out in the top three or four, leaving the gate and, and get position as opposed to deep closers. Is that also why you also factor in the length of the track and how long these horses have to run on, the, depending on the track size that they're racing at? Yeah, that's a big factor too. I mean, um, you know, you got to adjust your handicapping when you're playing a track like, let's say, Western Fair in London, because um, they're out and moving early in, in in the race at that track every race. So, um, you know, you you want to look for horses that can last a long time on the outside. For example, when you're playing the smaller tracks, whereas um, you know, Mohawk could tend to sit and wait a little longer and wait for that long stretch to make their moves. I don't think we've ever asked you this question. You've been on the show a couple of times now, but uh, how did you get so involved and so interested in harness racing? And was there a horse or maybe a driver that kind of got you attracted to the sport? Well, uh, the simple answer to that is my dad was um, very a very big fan of both breeds, but more, he liked harness more. And he used to drag me to Greenwood Raceway when I was a little, very little kid. Um, sometimes we joked that I was born behind the tote board there, but uh, <laughs> kind of how I got involved. And, um, you know, when I was young, when I was in my teens, I was a huge fan of Ron Waples. If you, if you follow me on uh, social media anywhere, every once in a while, you'll see me post that, you know, for me, he's still my greatest of, of all time for, just the way he dominated here and some of the things he could do to win races. So um, I, I would put it down to him maybe. And I always had a bunch of favorites at Greenwood horses that you might not even have heard of called, you know, maybe Armbro Wally, Reggae Rhythm. I always had kind of had a couple few favorite horses that I followed and liked to go watch. And you know what? It was on the subway line. So I can get there from my house with a couple of bus tickets and get home. 
the key though, the key though was to always bring bus tickets and not cash. So you, yeah. for sure you knew to get home at the end of the night. <laughs> See, now that's a pro move. Before we get to tonight's card at Woodby Mohawk Park and some of the potential plays for the Saturday night, I know you're big in the Buffalo Bills, but you posted something on your Twitter feed, which is a great follow. I didn't know this. They have odds on Kim Kardashian's next boyfriend, including Harry Styles, Jamie Foxx, and Drake. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I think the odds on me are a few million to one. <laughs> maybe about a nickel. Uh, just in case that came uh, came up. Yeah, listen, I'm I, I can't wait a less than a month of the season, and uh, I'm already kind of planning my uh, planning my uh, day for the uh, home opener, which is on a Monday night. I I booked half half of Monday off, which is the last half of work. And the first half of Tuesday. Off well, that, that off yeah, there. you kind of need that as well, don't you? Yeah, I have no idea what time we're going to get home from that game, but I, I don't really care. I just want to get there and my team on. Larry? All right, let's put you to work, Garnet. Let's talk about uh, who do you like tonight at uh, Woodby Mohawk Park? You know, I, I like a couple of horses that are going to be prices. I, I don't want to give out shocks. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of horses to me that stand out. But looking at the uh, Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots race in uh, race seven, my top pick and my spot play on my DRF harness selection is number two, called in sick. Um <laughs> Last time he left, got the pocket, kind of took a bit of a mid-race shuffle, and then he was shut off at a critical part of the stretch. Um, so, you know, I think he should be live. I think he's uh, he's going to be a decent price. I think he's 6-1 to one in the morning line. And the other one I want, I'm looking at is a horse I've been following. Uh, race 12, number 7, that'll be sporty. He's had bad, really bad posts, come from a long way back last week, full of pace, but the top two horses must have been 10 lengths in front of him at the top of the stretch, and I think he finished third beating a length or a length and a quarter. And from post seven, he should be closer by default, moving in a couple of posts. So instead of being ninth at the head of the lane, if he's sixth or seventh, he might be able to chase him down. And that's another horse that's going to be a pretty decent price. So race seven called in sick, race 12, that'll be sporty. And if, if it's called in sick, loses, just call in sick. Don't call me. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, we, we had alluded to earlier in the discussion, uh, Garnet, about the Breeders' Crown. At what point do some of these owners and trainers start getting their horse dialed in for that big race at the end of October Mohawk? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a few big races in between then, right? Like um, the big race for age pacers is um, the Canadian Pacing Derby, which I think is going to be here in two or three weeks. So that, that's kind of a prep, but it's also a pretty big purse. So mm-hmm. you can expect to see uh, Bulldog Hanover here, but also... Um, you know, the leader in the division before he kind of took off, Jimmy Freight, which has been off, he's been off with a minor injury, he should be making his way back to the track. And, you know, um, it's going to be interesting if, uh, you know, when Jimmy Freight looks the Bulldog in the eye at the three quarters, maybe in the Canadian Pacing Derby to see what happens, because that's a challenge he hasn't faced yet, although he's kind of beaten off everybody else at this point, right? So that's, that's kind of a matchup I'm really looking forward to, um, and I think it's probably going to materialize prior to the Breeders' Crown. And don't forget about the little brown jug. And the little brown jug, I was just kind of looking at um, if I was going to potentially get down there, and I didn't like the look of the cost of the hotel room. Or, um, <laughs> normally, I'll stay like 30, 40 minutes from the track because it's just, you know, I can't afford just $500 for a hotel room close to the track, and they're they're a little bit outrageous. But, yeah, you got the jug uh, coming up. It's the third, week of, third Thursday in September. Um, you know, if anybody can get down there, it's a great day. And, you know, you got a racetrack right in the middle of a fair. How, how much better can that be? 
you have to follow him on social media at Go Cash King. He is Garnet Barnsdale. He's one of the very best we talk to on a regular basis, and he's one of the very best in the business. It's always Garnet, an absolute pleasure, and uh, good luck with your bills this year. Thanks. Uh, always happy to be here, guys, anytime you need me. And, of course, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs> Thanks, Garnet. After the break, Larry Simpson will look at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's always much-anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We will be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All righty then, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be? Without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems, as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's not smoke you smell, it's just the heat from the picks of Larry Simpson. Larry, take it away. Sizzling. The sizzling one? Okay, <laughs> okay stop the sound effects. <laughs> Let's get down to business here. All right, Saratoga has an 11 race card today, including the running of the uh, grade one $500,000 four-star Dave uh, stakes on the turf and the grade two Saratoga special, which is one of the uh, top uh, two-year-old races uh, uh, during the summer, their summer meet. And it's uh, at six and a half furlongs on the dirt. But I'm going to race one. Uh, I see a nice group of two-year-olds gathering in this race as well. And it's at a mile and a 16th on the turf. It's a maiden special weight. Uh, with a purse of $105,000. Um, there's eight two-year-old Colts entered, and only two of the eight starters have actually started. So uh, 
But I'm looking at number one, full coverage, which is one of the horses making his uh, first start uh, for trainer Shug McGahey today. And uh, this horse shows a series of well-spaced workouts since May 31st, so that's a long time. This mm. horse has been racing, or working rather, since May 31st until now. Wow. Uh, and this includes a nice 48 breezing from the gate at Saratoga on August the 5th, so just last week. He's uh, uh, got a five furlong workout on the Saratoga training turf course, and that's key because today's race is on the turf. Uh, this horse is uh, full coverage, is well-bred on both sides of his pedigree for turf. Trainer McGahey is 23% with two-year-old first-time starters in turf routes at Saratoga over the past five years. So that's a pretty big percentage. And he's already had a two-year-old uh, debut on the Saratoga turf course and win uh, this year. Uh, full coverage is from a real Saratoga turf family, you could say. Uh, the mother was uh, basically a, a champion mare. And this horse looks to be in good order today. So Saratoga, race one, number one, full coverage. Excellent. Up next? Well, Woodbine has an 11 race card today, including the running of the $150,000 grade three trillium stakes at a mile and a 16th on the Tapita, and the $150,000 grade three bold venture, which is also on the Tapita at six and a half furlongs. And this is the race... Uh, it's race eight on the card, and this is where I, I think there's a nice little play in here. It's a very competitive uh, field of uh, 14 horses signed on. Number five, Helium, was last seen at Indiana Downs in a small stakes race on July 9th when he finished second in a 91 buyer, which is actually his best lifetime buyer rating to date now. Uh, you might remember this guy won the grade two Tampa Bay Derby last year for Mark Cassie and finished eighth in the Kentucky Derby. But those races were on the dirt, and we're on the Tapita today. Hmm. So uh, at Woodbine, where uh, Helium actually has two wins and two seconds on the Tapita surface, including his maiden-breaking win uh, last year, followed up with a win in the display stakes at Woodbine. So he's basically two wins and on the Tapita surface. Uh, the six-and-a-half furlongs, I don't think should, he should mind. Uh, three races back, uh, Helium actually had the lead in the stretch, only to get past late, at, and that race was at seven furlongs. I don't think the cutback by a half a furlong is really going to hurt the guy today, and I think we'll see his backclass show today in this uh, grade three bold venture. So Woodbine, race eight, number five. Helium. Goodness knows, great weather for racing at Woodbine today. My yeah. goodness. We might need helium if this horse doesn't win. This. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Up next. Okay. Uh, Delmar has a 10 race card, <clears throat> excuse me, today, and race 10 is a maiden special weight at a mile and a 16th on the turf for three-year-olds and up, purse of $80,000. Number seven, Percolate, has actually been on my watch list for some time now, but the horse has kind of had a stop and start uh, career. Um, he's had three North American starts since he was uh, shipped over. He was actually second in this class and a beaten favorite on the Del Mar turf uh, back uh, last September. And then he was laid off a little bit until October 17th, where the racing has shipped to Santa Anita. And he saw Percolate again bet down to 2-1 to one and finish six in a race that, according to the comments in the Daily Racing Forum, he lacked room and was steadied at the 16th pole. So... You know, he's had uh, two races. He's taken money in both of them. So they lay him off until this past June. You figure he's going to have some clear sailing. Uh, he debuts at six furlongs on the Santa Anita turf course. He's bet down to five to one this time. 
And uh, it made it look like a start that I thought he had a big shot in there. But then again, uh, you know, he took all the betting action and everything, and he lost all that at the start because he stumbled badly coming out of the gate, and the jockey just about fell off. Hmm. So the jockey got himself back on the horse, and like he didn't come right off, got him back on, and obviously percolated, pretty much uh, lost any uh, chance of winning this start. But he trailed throughout. But uh, since then, he's been working lights out. He stretches out to a new distance of a mile and a 16th on the turf today. And of note, his August 7th work at Delmar was a good 48 handily, and it was from the gate. So they may be working on this horse to come out of the gate a little bit better. He seems to be having some gate issues, as he, <laughs> we saw in his last start. He's 15 to 1 in the morning line. Hopefully we get somewhere to that today. So Delmar, race 10, number 7, percolate. And some would say Larry's been percolating this pick. For a while. <laughs> Next. He's, he's been on the waiting watch list for a while. So. <laughs> and then finally, let's go to Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, they have a 13-race card tonight, including uh, finals for the uh, Dreammaker Stakes and the When You Wish Upon a Star uh, Stakes. And then there's three divisions of the Ontario Sire Stakes, grassroots for three-year-old Colts and Gelding Pacers. But I'm going right to race 13. It's a one-mile pace for a purse of $15,000 with an optional claiming tag of $45,000. Number 10, Playjet Ray, looks very intriguing, as this guy had been racing in a series of similar condition races until last week, where he was entered in a $30,000 claimer for the first time in quite a while. Trainer Carmen Osiello, who's claimed a few horses off and on this year, uh, he saw something in Playjet Ray, and uh, at least enough to reach in and grab, uh, grab him in the claiming box for the 30,000 tag. And tonight, he enlists the services of driver Jody Jameson, who was also aboard last week in the $30,000 claimer. $30,000 is a lot of money, to I think, to spend on a 7-year-old who hasn't hit the board in five races this year. But when you do a deeper dive on Playjet Ray, you see a horse that was only beaten three-quarters of a length, two starts back, and despite the seven hole last week, Playjet Ray was bet down to five to one. So somebody saw something that they liked. He looks to be a horse whose uh, form, it looks like it's coming on the improve. Right on. Yeah, post 10 is no bargain, but he does have uh, a little bit of gate speed. So he could be a fortuitous claim for his new connections, I think. So Woodbine. Mohawk Park, race 13, number 10, play Jet Ray. Outstanding. As always, a special hello to our friend Mark at the Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, goodbye, and thanks for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, which was just released recently, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. Lion man Larry Simpson will take care of you. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and donate to the cause. Stick around 105.9 The Region all weekend long. The Feed, York Region's only magazine show with a legend and warmer up next. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.